Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Log Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Hump Day Motivational Radio Show brought to you by Thinking Forward Inc. Real talk for real people. We here at Thinking Forward Inc. strive for excellence and phenomenalism of business development, executive coaching, management conditioning, team leadership, and territory expansion. We have a proven ability to change business mindset development to include generating substantial revenue and productivity increase for our clients. The two most phenomenal men in the leadership and consultant industry, Brandon and Arville Draper, author, leadership strategist, motivational speaker, and advisor. Want to keep in touch with the winning team? Please visit us online at www.thinkingforwardinc.com or text the word SPEAKER to 44244 to have the opportunity and communicate with the winning team. For booking, please call 1-866-678-3391 or email us at info at thinkingforwardinc.com. This show is about becoming who you should be despite who you are. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Hump Day Motivational Show with my brother, Arvell Draper. Arvell, are you there, my brother? 
I am here, my brother, and you remember how the military motivated, motivated, highly motivated. Huh. Yeah, you motivated. On, I'm doing great, man. Don't try to act like you don't know how I'm doing. My brother, hey, for everybody listening right now, my brother just beat me up for an hour just now. He beat me up for an hour on the phone. He beat the motivational king up. But I'm motivated like no other. Uh-uh-uh. Well, you know how it is, man. You know, with our kids, you know, I know my dad used to tell me all the time, son, before you beat me, then it's going to hurt me more, it's going to hurt you. <laughs> and I like, I got kids until I understand the whole concept. And the funny story is I remember one time he went to go beat me, he gave me that speech. You know, nobody want to hear that. You know, it's going to hurt me more than you hurt me. And I said, Dad, please don't hurt yourself. And I got out of that butt whooping that time, only that time. I tried again, got my butt tore up, so it didn't work. The whole point of it, yeah, I beat you up for an hour. But sometimes we need that to motivate you because we have that relationship. We have that bond. I can talk to you just straight up. Keep it 100 with you. You didn't keep it 98. You surely did keep it 100 with me. All right. Today, and for today only, we're talking about we have a real impactful message for you tonight, weathering the storms through the season of life, okay? So tonight we're going to be presenting to you, you know, talking about the, you know, weathering the storms that you may go through throughout the different seasons of life. You cannot allow the storms that may come in our lives to detour us off balance with our self-value and our ultimate purpose in life. In this series, we will talk about staying motivated throughout the week and not allowing the storms, disappointments, pains, setbacks to cloud your mind, to, to make you get, get you to the point where you feel your purpose and your dreams are impossible. We will also dive into the concept that working hard and being a good person, that does not make you exempt from the trials and tribulations that we all must endure to reach a level of success. So I'm going to share a poem with you. Instead of doing the quote, we're going to do a poem. And the name of this poem is a very famous poem. Um, it's, a, it's anonymous. It says, don't you quit. Don't you quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trugging seems uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When cares is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is a queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. Any many a fellow turns about, when he might have won, had he struck it out. Don't give up through the pace, which seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and a faltered man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint in the clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are. It might be nearer than what it seems afar. 
So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when these things seem worse, you must not quit. What do you mm. think about that, my brother? Don't quit. You know, we sometimes use that phrase so often, but I don't think sometimes we really know the impact of not quitting. Don't quit. In that poem, it talks about the twists and turns in life and how you could be right there, right at the finish line, and then you quit. Man, I, 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 I think about a time in the military when we were doing a battalion run, and it was like a 12-mile battalion run. And I was tasked to have the whole the battalion flag. Now, Brandon, you know how big that flag is and how heavy that flag is. So mm-hmm. the goal was to have one person every 10 miles, you know, at, at every mile up to the 10 miles. So you're only going to run about a good mile with this heavy flag in your hand. Well, some kind of way the communication got messed up, and all of us started at the beginning. But now we're going to run 10 miles. Well, we're running 10 miles and 10 miles, and people with the flag, and they just quit. Some some quit at the beginning. They didn't even make it a whole mile with the flag. They pass the flag on to the next person. They're running with the flag. He might have ran a little longer, got a little bit more than a mile, but quit. It boiled down to... Me and the, the 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 battalion commander holding the flag, and I'm I'm by myself. I'm tired. I've I've been ran, you know, almost this ten miles, and now I'm carrying this big flag, and it, it's hurting, and this sweat pouring out of my face. My legs are hurting, feels numb, and my arms are, are numb from holding this flag. And I'm like, but this is battalion commander. I can't quit. I just can't quit. But unfortunately, I did and I pass it on to him. And that's something that's haunted me for a very long time. I said, why did I quit? I was, I, was, I was almost there. And that's what we have to do in life. Sometimes we are right there, and we just quit. But we can't. No matter what, no matter how, sometimes you feel like you're the only one there, that nobody else understands your pains and your woes. And you said, you know what, it's, easy. it's so easy to quit. I think you mentioned a quote when we were talking about about quitting, you know, uh, something about quitting. Uh, I can't remember. Something about quitting lasts forever. What was that quote? Yeah. That you quoted? <clears throat> yeah the, the quote is uh, by um, Lance Armstrong. And what he says is that he says, pain is temporary. It may last a minute. An hour or a day or even a year or even years. But eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. But if you quit, pain will last forever. Pain will last forever. Pain of regret will last forever. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, well, 
I know tonight we're talking about the storms, and definitely with storms, there, there's some pain that comes with some storms. And, and we're, we're, we're not figuratively talking about a storm. We're talking about, literally talking about storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, snowstorms, whatever storm, you pick one. And definitely storms, sometimes they come unexpectedly. Sometimes we, we, we know that they're coming. But when a storm comes, it could just devastate a whole bunch of things. In, in, in storms, you could have lose your home, you lose your hope. You could lose your family members. You can maybe even lose your life. You could get maimed. You can get hurt through storms. I, I can remember, man, Brandon, you remember Hurricane Hugo? Oh, yes, sir. Man, it felt like yes, a train was going through the house. One of the worst storms in Charleston. And that gave me a perspective of storms like, wow. And the devastation that it left. We didn't have power for it for, for days on days, for weeks. And the devastation it left and, and the fear and the lack of motivation, lack of hope, not uh, the unsurety of where you're going to go. And, and that's what storms can do, and that's a literal yeah. storm. The same thing holds true for the storms while pursuing your purpose. My brother, storms, are you going through that storm? That storm hits you and you just lose hope, devastation. It just seems like you just lose everything and your hope is gone. That momentum that we talked about last week, Momentum's gone. You just feel like, okay, what's the use? What, what, am, what am I going to do now because these storms come? We can even lose focus because there's so much debris that's left in the wake, the wake of the storm. There's so much. You can even lose your life by pursuing your purpose because of a storm. When you lose your vision and your focus, of your purpose during a storm, you might as well be dead. What are some other things, my brother, that you can think of that while we are pursuing our purpose in life and those storms come, financial storms, what are some other effects that storms have on us that you can think of or that you've even experienced yourself? Um, well, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it's a whole lot of of storms that we're we're, we're going to face in in life. And, and one of the things that I want to make sure that everyone that's in the sound of my voice right now um, that you understand a couple of things. That one, you have to understand that the storm is going to come. No one is immune from it. That the storms of life will hit you, and it will hit you frequently. So we're not just talking about storms. We're, we're telling that it's going to happen, but it's all in how you handle what happens to you. There are people, and I call it the ER message, because this time of the year, Thanksgiving is coming up, Christmas is coming up, 
and, and people getting laid off their jobs, the eyesight, the situation that's going on in their life, people are getting laid off, people don't have jobs, and, and people start thinking differently. They, they're willing to do certain types of things in order to get what they need or require for their family. So the storm that they're going through ultimately changes the way in which they think. And this happens to all of us. The reason that they won't give you a $100,000 credit limit is because for the last five to six years, you have not shown to be credit worthy. Your credit scores are 420. You don't pay anything on time. So your thinking hasn't been on a, in, in a wavelength that for them to allow you to, to get a $100,000 credit limit. It's the same thing in life. The way you think is going to depend on the storm, how you're able to react in that storm. There's people right now that got home from work this evening to find all their clothing, their furniture, and everything outside. That's a storm that they're going through in their life. Today, in this city, not around the world, in this city, the city that you're in right now, wherever you may be at, someone came home to five children and a pink slip telling them that their services is no longer needed. They're in a storm. Someone just came home this evening to find out that one of their closest family members are terminally ill and that the insurance will not cover it and that that family member has to move in with them and they're going to have to take care of them and they don't know how to barely take care of themselves and their own family. They're going through a storm. There's somebody right now that can't afford child care service, but they need a job so they can take care of themselves. And no one will help them to be able to do what they have to do. They're going through a storm right now. So understand that life is what we call, I call it one of the mysteries of the mind. There are going to be so many things that we don't understand. We are all amateurs in this thing called life. And when we're faced with storms, what type of thinking will you have? What type of materials will you have? What type of life-saving equipment, what instruments, what tools do you have available to you? I will share a story with you, and it's to kind of go into the second part of what we're talking about. Went to Dollar Tree to get a, a, a one of those play sets. And the play set, it comes with a compass, uh, a binocular, a knife, and what else? A, a paper little map. And what else are available? It com comes with a, a whole list of, I think, a first aid kit, right? Yes. Okay. comes with all these little things. This is the funny part, and I'm going to let you take over, Arvell, because I know you, you want to develop it a, a lot more. But in this kit, it comes from Dollar Tree. It costs a dollar to get it. So people that listen to this call, if you invest in this kit, you might ask yourself, how far do you think it's going to get you? So I, I, I pass the baton over to you, Arvell, so you can 
dive into it, then I will expound on it after, after you explain step by step what all those things are and what and how they play into your life when you're going through a storm. First of all, you know, of course we talked about how the effects of different storms. And since it's inevitable, it's going to happen. Nobody's immune to it. We have to make sure that we are prepared for that storm. And in being prepared for that storm, you have your people that definitely go in and they overprepare. Oh, it's about to be a thunderstorm, and they go to the, to the grocery store and buy up all the bags, of, I mean, uh, all the water and all the milk and eggs and, and flashlights and batteries. You got some people that just go over and beyond when it comes to storms. Now, it's always better to be overprepared than underprepared, unlike those people who are under prepared. You got a category five hurricane that's coming through. They've been warned about it. And they decide, you know what, it'll be all right. It ain't gonna be that bad. Only to find out once they get to their storm, they're in a lot of trouble. And they realize that they didn't prepare. And they realize that they did not think. And Brandon, I believe you had an article that talked about people when it comes to thinking. Yeah, I do. Some of you may be familiar with this thing called The Strangest Secret. They once did an interview with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Albert Schweitzer. And a reporter came up to Dr. Schweitzer and they said, Doctor, what is wrong with men? You seem to be pretty accomplished. You have your whole life is 360. You have everything figured out. What's wrong with men? Not men, just men, but mankind as a whole. What's wrong with him? And the doctor, he was silent for a second, and he, and he thought. And he uttered the most profound words out of his mouth. He said, men simply don't think. It's about this that I want to talk to you tonight about. We live today in the golden age. This is an era of humanity that we've looked forward to. More technology, book access to information, everything's available to us. We live in the richest era and the richest country that ever existed on the face of the earth. A land of abundance of opportunity for everyone. Equality. However, if you would take a hundred individuals, and I hope you would begin, if you haven't already began you're taking notes right now. I hope you would take out a pen and paper and take some copious notes on this because this is transformational type information. It says, however, if you were to take 100 individuals who start out at age 25 and ask them, do you have an idea of what would happen to those men and women by the time that they're 65? Okay. These hundred people believe that they're going to be successful. I was talking to a young man the other day, 16 years old, not doing good in school. And I told him the importance of education. 
He didn't like what I was saying and handed the phone back off. And I thought about it for a second. He told me, because I took him to the soup kitchen, and I allowed him to see other people that was on the other end of the soup kitchen. And I asked him, I said, do you believe that these people, when they were coming up when they are in high school, did they see themselves coming through the soup kitchen to get, to, to, to get a meal? Do you think that they saw that for themselves? Who sees themselves being a failure? No one sees themselves. We, we naturally want to think higher of ourselves. No one sees themselves that way. They say, I don't see myself that way. Even though I don't have to work on my grades, whatever, whatever I get, whatever I get, I'll make it. But what I was trying to tell him is that there are going to come storms in your life. And you want to have options. And the caveat off of what my brother said earlier about the storm, there are times, and we've all seen it on the news, there's a Category 5, full hurricane, get ready to be a Category 5. These people got a house on, on the beach. And they'll get on live news and say, you know what, we're going to ride it on out. Now, once, that, once they give that mandatory evacuation, and you in that storm, no one's coming to get you. So they have no other options at that point to really ride it out, and hopefully their house does not get blown away. But they took their options off the table so when the storm comes, they don't have any way to maneuver. And that's what most people in life do. We take the options off the table so when the storm comes, and it could be the worst storm that we really are not prepared for, we don't have the tools, the instruments, the maps to carry on, but because we took our options off the table, we have to weather the storm. We can't maneuver any other way. Back to the story, these hundred people believe that they're going to be successful. They're eager towards life. There's a certain sparkle in their eyes, an erectness of their courage, and life seems like it's pretty interesting adventure to them. But by the time these individuals are 65 years of, of age, only one will be wealthy, four will be financially independent, five will be working, and 54 will be broke, depending on others, for life's necessity. Now, if we were to compare what I just said into the storm of life, basically what this thing is saying is that 54 people will be broke. 54 people will be dead because they decided they were going to ride the storm out. It says one would be rich. One would have been the one that had options to get away away from the storm. And it says four would be financially independent, meaning four people um, would have got away with a couple of bruises, maybe a couple of concussions or whatever, but they were able to get through the storm. But 54 people would be broke. 54 people would have died. Why? Why would 54 people die symbolically? Why would 54 people die in the storm? Because they didn't prepare. They didn't have the right mindset. They didn't have the right things in place to weather the storm. Sometimes you can avoid, we were talking about this before the show, we were saying sometimes you can avoid the storm. You can maneuver around it, and sometimes you got to face the storm. How prepared are you to face the storm that's coming in your life right now? I'll give an example to you. had an individual. I was trying to talk to him and give him the best advice I could. They were getting ready to foreclose in his house. 
I said, man, wouldn't it be a great idea, since you know that there's nothing that you can do right now, to go ahead and have your head up, dignity, pack your stuff up, and go. Find you another place, the house is gone. He He did not take my advice. He stayed into the house until the sheriffs came to the house when he wasn't there with the bank, and they cleared his whole house and put everything outside to allow the, the neighborhood to, to plumage over it and lost everything. He lost, his, he lost his pride, lost his dignity, because he refused to change when the storm was coming. He didn't want to adapt. He says, I got it. Sometimes we see the storm coming, and we can make some changes. We can go down in our hatch. We can go into our cellar and protect ourselves. But some men just don't think. What do you think about that, my brother? Definitely we don't think. And as you said, when we especially when we know the storm is coming. We don't think. And a lot of times what most people do is they just react. Regardless of a storm, there's going to be an, a reaction. So instead of letting the storm dictate your reaction, why don't you choose what action you, you're going to take with that storm? And see, when we don't think or our thought process is all over the place and confused instead of us thinking forward. Confused thinking leads to the inability to reason or even discern. And when you don't discern correctly, that leads to the enslavement to our twisted mind. Our mind is very powerful extremely powerful, we we don't use the percentage that we should or that we could use. So we can either take that mindset that we have and we could think of how we're going to get through the storm before the storm comes, even during the storm. We can take that mind, we can use that brain power and come up with a logical plan, a roadmap of how to get through those storms, the one that you're in, the one that you're going in. We cannot think at all, and when the storm comes, because they are going to come, we're thinking irrationally, and that same brain power you could use to plan something, now it's thinking all kinds of things. Now you're, you're reacting, erratic, and you're going to mess around and make a poor decision to make things worse than what they already are. And the loss could be even greater. And if you just stop and you think, the storm is going to come. Nobody's immune to it. It is definitely going to come. And what we have to do is think of a survival plan. And back to your example, when you went to Dollar Tree, and although it's very simple, and it's amazing how 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 this all came to be. Something as simple as a Dollar Tree survival kit kit that's not worth nothing but a dollar, mm-hmm. but the knowledge that we can get from it. 
we have to have our own survival kit. And those same tools that were in that $1 survival kit, we can apply when we're going through these storms. We have a map. And that map has a big X. This, you are here. Right now, where you are in your life, regardless if you have found your purpose, regardless if you have decided to start thinking forward, you are here on this X. And that map, and on that map, there's a point that's plotted where you want to be. And you have your whole route mapped to becoming who you should be despite who you are, to your yeah. purpose. Today, you're at the X, and you're going to go to your purpose. Not only with your map, you also have a compass. And a compass does nothing more than to give you direction to your purpose. Oh, but you got to be careful with this compass because if you don't keep it calibrated, you could be plotting a course. So you know you have your, your 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 course plotted. It could get you way off base. And whether well, I know you remember land navigation and some of the cool stories and getting lost in those woods, <laughs> I, I know you, I know you have a whole lot of stories to talk about when you talk about a compass. Well, I, but, I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go too much into it. I know a lot of people may not have, you know, military background, so I'm, I'm going to keep it as uh, simple as possible. You mentioned earlier that the map, you know, has where you're at and where you're trying to go. Um, and, and basically, you know, you would plot that and give you a straight line distance and, and, and using um, a protractor and a compass, it allows you to get to to that distance. Now, what else? What, what you also said was that you got to make sure that your compass is calibrated because that's what's going to tell you what degrees and what direction, north, south, east, or west, that you need to walk in. So I need everyone to follow me and picture this in, in their mind. Close your eyes if you have to. A hundred meters is about, give or take, depending on how small steps you take is about 50, 50, 60 steps, depending on the average person according to how your steps is 100 meters. So for each 100 meters that you walk represents another year in your life. You're supposed to go on a 45-degree azimuth, meaning that you're walking 45 degrees in whatever direction, okay? But your compass that you have is not calibrated correctly. So when you're looking at 45, it's really 50, okay? Now, if, you walk, if you're walking for, for a short distance or you're going in your life for a short distance, that may not make a big difference. But if you're going 50 degrees, which is five degrees off, for five years, 10 years, 20 years, we call it catastrophic disaster. You're never going to get to the point in which you want to be because you 
did not properly, first, you didn't understand the tools you were using, and it wasn't properly calibrated. That is why so many people have such a difficult time with focusing on what they want to do in life because they're always walking in the wrong direction. They have a misconception of what success means. Now, a lot of people, when you start talking about success and those things, their mind starts going off and start thinking about money and how much money in the cars and the house that I can have if I have success. But my question to you is, is that truly success? Now, in my research, what I've done, I've, I think I have a real good answer to what success is that not too many people could refute. Motivational King has a, has a definition of success that will blow your socks off. I mean, it's so good to have your toe wiggling in your boots. I mean, it's just that good. I mean, if you just be patient, I know everybody, don't press one at the same time. I know you want to hear the information. I know you're excited about it. I know you just want me to tell it to you right now, but I got the definition of success. I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind. Are you ready for it? Somebody must be not ready for it. Are, are, you, re- are you ready for it? Arvella, are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Okay. Are you sure? Because, I mean, this stuff is so mind-boggling. I mean, it'll take it to a whole nother. Let me stop. <laughs> I've waited all my life to get this, get this definition of success. This definition? I mean, it's, your mind. It's, it, it's, so, it's so simple that it, it, it's crazy. What is the definition totally. of success? We have to define success here is the best definition of it. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea. And I know somebody's saying, what in the world are you talking about? I'll say it again, but I'm about to break it down like a fraction. And I didn't do that good in math anyway, but I'm going to break that thing down to you. Success is the progression, realization of a worthy idea. Motivational King, I need some examples. What in the world are you talking about? Success is a school teacher who teaches because that is what he or she wants to do. A success is an entrepreneur who starts his own company because that is what his dream and that's what he wants to do. A success is a salesman who wants to become the best salesperson in his or her company and sets out to pursue that goal. A success is anyone who is realizing a worthy, predetermined idea because that is what he or she has decided to do deliberately. But only one out of 20 does that. The rest are failures. Now, I know some people are saying, well, that's cold. You're saying one out of 20 people are successful. One out of 20 people are successful and the rest are failures. That's not fair, Brandon, because, you know, I got a job and I got bills. and I I said this to someone the other night. I said, look, I'm in the same boat with you. I don't care who you are today. It does not matter who you are today. Who you are today still has to pay for who you were 10 years ago. And for those that's a little bit old on the line, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because guess what? 
with your credit, what you were doing when you were younger, 10 years ago with your credit, I guarantee you paying for it today. The things that you did, the decisions that you made, foolish, crazy decisions that you made five years ago, no matter who you are today, you still have to pay for it. So one out of 20 people are successful. Why? Because they make a deliberate. Most people say, well, I'm doing what I got to do right now, Brandon, because I got to make it. I got bills that I have to pay. I got obligations. I got things I got to do. I can't put those things aside for my dreams or my purpose. What are you talking about? So you live in to pay your bills. You're going to die to pay your bills. What are you saying, point blank, period? It has to be deliberate. You have to be doing what you're wanting to do, and it has to be deliberate, not just doing it just to get by. Because if you do life, you treat life, well, I'm doing this just to get by. Life is going to get by you. You're going to be 31 minutes. The next minute you're going to be 40. The next minute you're 50, you're 60, you're 70 years old. You're sitting in a hospital bed, and you're looking, and you're saying to yourself, what have I done with my life? Did I do what I set out to do? Or was I just doing it just to get by? I don't want my final words to, to be to anyone that say, well, I did the best I could do. I, I just got by. I just got by. Somebody may disagree with me and say, well, I, I got to do this. I got the necessities. Let me tell you something. Squirrels, wild animals do that. Don't make it such a big issue to take care of yourself and your family. Animals do that. Animals do that. It's, it's natural for them. They can't do that. It's naturally instinct for them. You got to buy clothes. You got to make sure you're clean. You got to make sure you eat. You're, those are necessities of life. Animals do that. And no one has to talk to them and explain it to them. Bears eat food. Animals eat food. No one has to explain it to you. Squirrels will get in the tree and throw acorns at you. Get off of my property. Animals do it naturally. So you have, your life has to be bigger than just living to pay bills and just living just to get by. Life has to be bigger than that. And that's what Dr. Schweitzer is talking about when he says people just don't think. They don't think outside of the box. I have another quote that I want to share with you that is awesome. And I got to find it. And it's one of, one of the things that Earl Nightingale said long times ago, long time ago, and what he basically said in in a nutshell was that oh man I'm trying to find okay here we go what he says is that he says Rollo May distinguished psychiatrist wrote a wonderful book called The Man's Search for Himself and in the book it says the opposite of courage is in society is not cowardice now hear it out listen to this. This guy says the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardness. It is conformity. It's conformity. The opposite of courage in society is not cowardice. It's not being scared. The opposite of courage is conformity. You conform in because you're scared, because the storm is coming like it's coming for everybody. I don't care who you are, superstar, if you look at 
music or, or you watch what's going on on the news, you see that, uh, what's his name, Chris Brown was locked up. But he's on the top of his game when it comes to music. He went through a storm, whether he was, whatever he was going through mentally or whatever have you, he went through a storm. But he came back and he overcame that because he has the blueprint for success. He understands that there's going to be storms. Some storms we bring upon ourselves. Some storms are unavoidable, and some storms can be avoided. But you have to put the right tools, know how to use the right tools to get you to the next level, to the next step that you need to transform and transcend your life to another level. But if you don't have the right information, and I, and I take that back. So I'm a big advocate of that. I'm not going to say you have the right information. There's a lot of people got the right information. If you're on this call, you're getting the right information. But the biggest lie that ever was told to mankind is that knowledge is power. And I know there's some old people probably that's passed on and rolling their grave when they hear me say that. And I know some people that might be a little older on this phone and saying, what in the world is this young boy talking about? Knowledge is power. No, no, no. Knowledge is not power. Never have and never will. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. If you get a homeless guy out here that doesn't know the information on how to change and transform his life, and you have the information but you choose not to transform and transcend your life, what's the difference between the two? You got it and you don't use it. He just don't have it and can't use it. You're on the same level. You're in the same field. Knowledge is not power by itself. You have to apply it. That's why we say you have to make a decision and you have to follow it with action in order to overcome. So when the storm comes, what decisions are you going to make? Are you going to make the decision that you're going to ride it on out? Is that the decision you're going to make? Or are you going to make that decision and, and roll on out? Now, my brother, what do you think about all that, what we just talked about? And also, too, before, before our bell comes on, um, if anybody wants to add on to this conversation, this is not a one-sided conversation. This is real talk for real people. So we want your input on what we're talking about. You might be able to say something to, to, to just kill everything I said, and I want that. I want someone to come up with fresh ideas or ideas of what they believe a storm is and what they got to go through. So if you feel inclined, press one. Come on. Let us hear your point of view. This is not a one-sided conversation. It's just not Brandon and Arvell just giving us you know, spewing out a bunch of information. This is this research we've done. This is stuff that we've experienced. But we want your experiences. We want to know what you're talking about. So we, we didn't do the homework. We didn't do our, our housekeeping earlier. But if you want to uh, want to be able to come on and talk and share your experiences or what you may have gone through, you can just simply press one on your telephone. If you press one, that lets us know and lights up our switchboard and lets us know that you want to be a part of this conversation. All right. So Arvell. You have the floor. I like what you said about purpose being deliberate. And I think about, as we're talking tonight about the storms, and when they come, you have to deliberately fight through the storm because our purpose needs to be deliberate. And I think back to your story about the five dogs on the log. Now, I'm going to admit, it took me a little while to finally get it, and I was like, okay, I'm trying to get what he's saying with this. And that. So, so those of you who, who, who haven't still got that concept, you know, don't feel bad. And, and maybe this illustration <laughs> might even make it even more simpler, okay? 
when you're being deliberate with your purpose, and there's five frogs on the log, and Brandon, you please stop me if I, if I don't tell it right. There's five frogs on the log, and four of them decided to jump off. How many mm-hmm. frogs are on the log? Most people are going to say one, and that would be incorrect. There's still five because only four made up in their mind to do it. They decided to do it, but they weren't deliberate with it. They stayed on the log. They thought about it, but it's like Brandon said, the opposite of courage is not cowardness, conformity. Well, ain't nobody else jumping off the log, so uh, even though I, I want to jump off the log, um, yeah, buddy over there's not jumping, so I ain't going to jump. Can't be like those frogs. If you decide, you have to deliberately jump. And even though sometimes, picture yourself being that frog in a log and you're in this murky water. You don't know what's in that water. You see shark fins about there. You see all these creatures. Knowing as soon as you jump in there, you might get eaten alive. You might not go anywhere with your purpose. Or there's a storm, and you're on the safety of a log with your little lily pad that's protecting you, and you don't want to jump out there into that storm. But your purpose is through that storm. So you have to be Mm -hmm. deliberate. And when you're deliberate, you jump. And that's what we want you to do on this call. Jump. Don't decide to jump. Make a decision to jump and then do it. And when you do it, there's no turning back. You're in midair, and now you've got a closer view of this water, and you see all the dangers and the snares, and you see, oh, I'm going to get eaten up by this shark, and oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to see clearly through this murky. I'm not going to be able to go through this storm. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do. But it's too late. You jump. And if you remember, we talked about the alchemist. When you jump in your midair and you start wavering with your mind thinking because you're like, oh, what did I do? It's too late. You jump. You're in midair. There's no jumping backwards. You can't reverse it. So keep that in mind. But as we said with the alchemist, when you go for your purpose, the universe has no choice but to aid you in your purpose. So that shark that's sitting there swimming around waiting for you to jump in there, he has no choice but to help you in your purpose. That murky water which you can't see, it might be murky because there might be some some storms that are ahead that you don't need to see right now, that you just need to go in there blindly and do it. There might be some creatures or whatever. Let's bring this home. When you jump off that log, into your purpose, there's going to be some people that's not going to like you. There's going to be some people that that that, that, that going to say, oh, he's going to fail. There's going to be some haters. There's going to be some haters. They're all going to be there. There's going to be people that say they're going to support you but don't support you. Yeah. But guess what? Those people are in the universe. You are have jumped into your purpose. 
deliberately, all those things have no choice but to aid you in your purpose. We talked about that map. It's it's your deliberate purpose. And we talked about that compass. That compass gives you direction. That is your, your plan, your deliberate plan. That's your purpose. And the other thing that was inside that kit was binoculars. See, without binoculars, we can't see but so far. All we can see is right now. If you're in a storm, all you're going to see is the right now. But take those binoculars and look at those binoculars. Look past the storm, and that same sun that shines bright on the brightest of brightest days is still shining just as bright while you're going through this storm. Use that binoculars for your vision to see that this is only temporary. Once you get past that storm, you're going to see your rainbow, and you're going to look back at that storm, and you're going to see growth. Brother, I wanted to, first of all, thank you for that analogy. We actually got a uh, text message. Somebody just said, look, I almost had it, but I just didn't quite get it. said about the frog on the log. So I, I'm like, I'm going to explain it to him. Um, and and I, I guess this century, okay. Um, okay. This, this is the, I'm gonna make it very simple. You call your friend up, and you tell your friend that you are short on your rent this month, and that you need to borrow three hundred dollars. Your friend decides to tell you that he's gonna give you that money on Friday. He decides that he's going to give you that money on Friday. He tells you he's going to give you that money. He decides that he's going to give you that money on Friday. When Friday comes and your rent is due and you're facing eviction, (laughs) your friend doesn't answer his phone. You call them five, six times, going straight to voicemail. You send a text. You get no response. Your friend has decided (laughs) that he's going to give you the money but he didn't. He didn't take the appropriate actions to give it to you. So I hope that makes sense to you. Anybody can decide anything. People can decide, and a lot of that to do with politics right now. There's a lot of candidates when they were running, they decided that they want to run on a particular platform. And I'm not getting into any um, politics. I, I don't. Where's um, a neutral base here? We respect all uh, uh, political views. Uh, we, we respect all religious views, so that's not why I'm going at. But there are candidates that, you know, they get on a platform and and they make some 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 of the decisions on what they're going to do. But once they get into office, their actions are totally different than the decisions that they were talking about making when they were running. So that's another example of that. Deciding and doing is two different things. A lot of things that we decide. There's people that that's addicted to drugs. They decide that they want to get off drugs, and tomorrow they back down to you know the the local support whatever you know supply house or whatever to get more drugs. You have to do action. The action if a person that's on drugs want to get off drugs, they decide they want to get off drugs. They have to check themselves into rehab to get off of the drugs if they have a problem or what have you. So that is the difference. That's what we're saying. You know, deciding and doing the two different things. The frogs are all lined up. 
pull them and say, yo, you're talking to each other like like the Budweiser frog. Yo, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I'm going to jump. Me too, me too, me too, you know. And then they don't jump. The other frog never said anything. He's just sitting there. He ain't decided nothing. He ain't made no action. But if he just goes and jumps, he just made an action. Who knows what he decided? But at the end of the day, deciding and doing is two different things. That's, that's what we're trying to get across. Listening to this call is a decision. You decided that you wanted to be on this call, but then you also got to decide if you're going to implement the information and take the appropriate action on getting the, getting your life together by implementing some of the things that we're talking about. And understand this, that everything that we talk about may not be prescriptive to your life, and we never said that. We're not psychiatrists. We're not psychologists or anything like that, you know, some of us on the call do have degrees in those things, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that's what we're here for. We're not here, we're not here to counsel anyone. We're just here giving you some words of wisdom and, and uplift your spirit and help you get through the weekend and help you look at things maybe in a way that you have never looked at it before. And the caveat off of what you said earlier, Marvell, um, and Dr. Reynolds, yeah, yeah, hold, hold your horse. We're gonna we're gonna bring Dr. Reynolds on in a few seconds. Um, but also, one of the things that I want to, to caveat off of is um, the alchemist. And this is to me out of that whole book. And for those who don't know, my brother was trying to get me to read this book for the longest, and he should have warned me before he told me to read the book. Like I'm warning you, if you do not, if you're not ready to change your life, don't read the book. If you're not ready to change your life, don't read the book, period. If you, if you just say, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at and I'm good, don't pick up that book. It will challenge everything within you. One of the most profound phrases in this book goes like this, and it changed my, my life forever. It says, tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the fear of than the fear." Excuse me, I'll read that again. Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream because every second of the search is a second encounter with God and with eternity. This is by Pablo Coelho, the alchemist. I'll read that one more time to make sure people understand it and then uh, both uh, myself and Arvell, we're, we're going to actually break it down what this is saying. So, so listen carefully because this this is mind changing information here. What, it, what he's saying, he says, "Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the worse than the suffering itself." What does that mean? Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. Meaning that if you deprive yourself of going after your dream, the suffering is you being scared of actually going for it. Mm. That in itself is a lot worse than you actually going through it and actually suffering. Okay? An example of that is me, for instance. I wanna, I'm, I'm a professional speaker and an author, but if I was scared to step up on the platform, and the platform in our profession is the stage, if I was afraid to write my book, that suffering is a lot worse on me, my spirit, because those are regrets that I'm going to have to live with the rest of my life, is a lot worse than me actually walking into it and not getting everything I want on time. 
meaning that people are not calling me up for gigs. I'm not able, I'm not working the way I want to. My book is not selling the way it wants to. But that type of suffering is a lot less than me never even attempting to do it. That's what that first line is talking about. That's what Pablo Coelho is talking about. Let's go to the next line. He says, and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream. What does that mean, motivational king? He says, and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream. Meaning that there's going to be eyesight things that you're going to go through when you're going for your dream. That's just part of life. Just understand that that's part of life. I don't care what you're doing, what profession you're in, those are things that you're going to go through. But your heart, your heart will never suffer when you're walking in your purpose. You may get down, things may not work out, but your heart is intact. You'll be more happier. You'll be the most, you'll, you'll be so free. You'll be freer than you've ever been in your life. I'm not telling you what someone told me, and I'm not telling you what I read in the book. Despite all the all the setbacks and disappointments that I've had doing what I do, I am more freer and more happier. My heart is content in what I'm doing. And that, my friend, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't put a price tag on that. They say most people have heart attacks on Mondays, the most heart attacks on Mondays, right before people are going to jobs that they hate, that they don't want to go to, that they're stressed out. My heart is in to in sync to what I'm doing. My heart is not suffering from what I'm doing, even even despite the disappointments, the, the canceled gigs, the, the the book sales not selling away. Well, that still does not matter. I'm more freer in my life than I've ever been. I'm more happier at the end of the day because I'm doing what I've been purposed to do. And I hope that I hope everyone understands that. Let's move to the next line. He says, because every second of the search is a second encounter with God. And when he refers to God, if you go back to if you go back to uh out, uh to what's the name of the book? Uh Think and Grow Rich with um Napoleon Hill when he refers to God, he calls him the, the, the right hand, the right, he calls him the hand that writes on the wall, meaning the person that, that creates everything in which we know to exceed. And like I said, we respect all religious backgrounds, so whatever it is that you believe, but we're in reference talking about what Napoleon Hill mentioned in his book. The right hand, the hand that writes on the wall, the creator, the infinite intelligence, he's saying that when, once you in this in this passion period, once you're in this mindset that you believe that you're going for your purpose, your heart is in sync, it is as if you have God's personal telephone number. That's what he's saying, that you have a connection. It's like a brief second with God and eternity, infinite intelligence that you have. That's what I'm telling you guys. Don't read, don't read the book unless you're ready to change life. Don't. It, it, it don't do it. And what he says, because Brandon, every second, what's that? No, face thought, face thought. Okay. Every second encounters with God and with eternity. I, I mean, I just, that is just mind-boggling. It, it just, read that book if you get an opportunity. The Alchemist by Pablo Coelho. My brother, I know you said you got another text. I was off the text I did earlier, so, yeah. 
the text I got, it said, you know what, that that sounds very good. And he said that we shouldn't be fearless. But the reality of the situation is it's scary. It's scary to actually jump off that log with the with with the unknown. Not exactly seeing the full vision, although you have these binoculars. Sometimes you still you still can't see past what the binoculars see. And it could be scary. Mm. And mm-hmm. the one thing I have to say about that, and then I'll get you to comment on that, is and I think you agree with me when I say this. We're not saying that it's not scary. We're not <laughs> saying that it's not fearful. It's a leap of faith into your purpose and to be delivered, so deliberately do something you cannot see fully all the way, that's very difficult. There's this, there's this quote, I, I can't remember where I got it from, but it says, you don't have to be fearless. Just fear less. So if you fear less and less and less, Eventually, you'll get to the point of where you don't fear it. What are your thoughts on on on, on fear? Are are you fearful, my brother, or you just got this courage and just well, nothing I, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm taking off my shirt. I, I gotta I gotta go in. Whew. Gotta go in. Okay. Yes, my friend, whoever whoever uh, said that comment in, it's scary. It, it, it's when you step into the unknown of life, it's scary. But the first thing you gotta remember is that in order for you to have what others never will have, you have to be willing to do what others won't. You have to become something that you've never become. And and to carry it back into the quote we talk about. In society, it's not cowardness, not the opposite. It is literally conformity. Most of us conform because we are scared, so we get in our comfort zone. Well, we've seen generation after generation do the same thing, and they live comfortable from what we've seen. So when you decide that you're going to do something different, why, why, why is it so fair? Number one, it's a couple of reasons. You know, we don't value ourselves sometimes. We don't value ourselves as people. We don't believe that. We're worth this. There are people right now, this is how we're, we're programmed to believe that we go to a job, we make $22 an hour. That's what we're worth. But there's people out here that go work for an hour and make $55,000 an hour. And I'm not trying to uh, impress you, but impress upon you is that there's the only difference between the two people usually is not that one's smarter than the other, more talented than the other. It's just that that person values themselves a little differently and they have different information, so they're making different decisions. It's scary when you're going through the unknown, but what it is is you have to make a calculated risk. Then is did an interview with Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey wrote a book, Be a Success, Act of Success, or Act of Success, Be a Success, one or two, switch them out. But that's the name of the book. Book selling for like 19 bucks. He had it for like 25. And the book is amazing. But when they interviewed him, they asked him, 
you know, what is the difference of what, what, what is similar to what they asked Dr. Swipe today was, you know, what's the difference between people? Why some people do? He said because they're afraid. They're afraid. He said they get to the edge of the cliff and they're afraid to jump. He says, I'm not saying that when you jump, you're not going to get bruises and bumps. He said, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying that in order for you to reach to a new level to be successful, that you have to jump. You have to be willing to face the storm head on. You have to be willing to jump in order to reach to, reach to another level of success. He says, now, I can make a guarantee to you. And he said, what is that? He said, I can guarantee you, if you never jump, you will always be safe, but you will never be successful. When you decide you want to be successful, you're going to have to take risks, and you're going to have to go against the norm, things that you're used to seeing, books that you're not used to reading. We're not engulfing ourselves in the right information, half of what you go through is not having information. I see so many people struggling, and when you try to talk to them, it's the millionaire mindset, oh, God, what is it, the millionaire mindset manual, I believe, by, uh, by uh, Irv Ecker, and he talks about, he says that rich people, wealthy people constantly learn and grow while poor people think they already know. You got to change the way you think. You got to change what you're putting in yourself in order to understand. So if you got the right information, you're not afraid to make a risk. But if you don't know nothing about what you're getting into, yeah, you're scared at your wits. I'm going to lose everything. Well, guess what? When you came here, you had nothing. So if you leave here with nothing, guess what? You broke even. And somebody might be laughing at that, but that's the truth. You came here with nothing. So if you leave with nothing, you broke even. Understand that it's going to be scary times. It's going to be uncertainty. Uncertainty. I write about that in the book. Uncertainty kills a lot of people from going after their dreams and their passion. Do this for whoever that is that's, that's scared. I would tell you this. If you feel that way, you got to begin somewhere. So do this. At least work on your dreams and your passion part-time until you can build up enough confidence to do it full-time. Because it is hard. Not everyone's the same. Not everyone has the same uh, amount of faith when it comes to things like that. And there's nothing wrong with you because you don't, because you may have other responsibilities and things that you got to do, and that's, under, and that's understandable. And you feel as if that you're going to put things in jeopardy by leaping out that, that way. But at least at a minimum, invest in yourself. Start going to seminars. Start investing in yourself. Start working on yourself at least part-time. I say this every time, if you work on your career and your job, <clears throat> you will make a hell of a living. You'll make a living. But if you work on yourself, you'll make a fortune, meaning reading books, attending seminars, doing what it, doing what it takes to take yourself to the next level. It costs money to get information. It's information age. Knowledge is a new currency. I say again, knowledge is a new currency. Knowledge is a new currency. Period. Whether you want to accept that or not, what you don't know is probably what's most, most likely hurting you. Every day I wake up and I, I'm going to say it again on this call. What is it that I don't know today that if I did know would take my life, my life and my business career to the next level? You ask yourself that in the morning when you, when you wake up and you ask yourself that when you go to sleep. And remember that 
same thing. If it's to be, it's up to you. If it's to be, it's up to me. It has to be that way. You have to understand that that's the pivotal point of everything. No reason to act out of fear. Yeah, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to, you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed, but how many other people have done the same thing? Most of your multimillionaires and billionaires is out there right now that have done it, failed a lot more than they succeeded. So that's, that's, my, that's my two cents. You can keep a penny, wanna, but give me my change back. <laughs> I want to read this um, from um, a two-minute mentor by Tim Hotch, and it, it refers to fear. And it says, we are constantly unsettled and consumed with worry. Because all the different avenues of fear are everywhere. We are surrounded by fear because fear fails. We have a great big appetite for it. And we don't just consume fear. We are driven by fear and motivated by fear. But what if you operated on a higher plane? What if you lived a life based on positive potential rather than loss avoidance? What would happen if you choose to dictate your own course rather than have your course charted for you? We talked about this map. Chart your own course but knowing that fear is going to come. It may play a part in this. And even though you have their binoculars and you see the vision, still may have that fear. Even though you have your compass and your direction, your direction being seminars and whatever aids you into getting to your plotted course, your purpose, fear may come. And again, start slowly. This is by Tim Hotch as well. Start slowly. Instead of being instead of being fearless, just fear less, and it will get easier and easier for you. And inside that survival kit, because this always is not a survival kit of going through these storms, we also have a knife. And that knife is used to protect our purpose by any means necessary. Even though that's fear, you got protection. Take out your knife. And cut through that fear. Cut through the negativity. When obstacles right, come was, at you. Go ahead. I was telling, I didn't know if you were finished. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was telling you we have a caller that wants to ask a question. Okay. Yes, we are definitely welcome to caller. All right, caller 3191, you are on the line. Caller, you're on the line. Caller, you are on the line. All right, sound like they're ordering the number one. They ain't even listening to the call. So, see uh, <laughs> what you were saying, man. Um, no, just that that knife, we do, and that's a Bible kit. We we have the map, we have the compass, we have the binoculars, we have the knife to protect our dream. We have the knife to use it when those negativities come. Use that knife. Now. Don't literally use a knife if somebody negative comes to you. And I'm not suggesting that you you use a knife to stab negative people. 
Please keep in mind this is a symbolic use of using the knife. And so let's just, and, and the last thing that's in our survival kit, because when the storm comes and we may get injured, we may get hit upside our head, we have a first aid kit. We patch ourselves up and we keep going. Because even though the storm, or you may be going through the storm, everything you need to survive that storm is in that survival kit that you have. You have your map, your deliberate purpose, your planned deliberate purpose. You have your compass, your directed to your point. You have your binoculars for the vision. You have your knife for protection. And in the event that you get injured, you have your first aid kit. So, what about what about this, man? I, I guess I gotta be the devil's advocate, man. Because I, you know, I mean, I like to argue from both sides of the point. There might be somebody on the call that says, you know what? I spent about an hour and some change, almost 90 minutes on this call, and that sounds good and everything, man, but I'm going through some stuff. I, my power getting ready to be cut off on Friday. I ain't paid my rent yet. What in the world are you talking about, this compass pack? I got what, what compass can I get to go out here and change my situation right now? What, what in the world are you talking about, Arbel? What you talking about, Brandon? What, what y'all talking about? Yeah, motivational king, all this stuff. How could I really change? I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm matter of fact, I'm staying up two, three o'clock in the morning right now. I'm looking out my window because I know I didn't pay my car note this month. I'm about a month and a half behind. Every time I hear a noise, I'm thinking that's a tow man trying to trying to drag my car out my yard. What about this daggone road map? This compass and this doggone plastic knife, how in the world is this supposed to help me weather this storm that I'm going through right now? Because everything you said sounds real good, but, man, I'm going through something right now. I'm going through something. So what what you talking about, brother? Let's be real. What are you talking about? The same, if you're going through some struggles right now, I'm willing to bet it's not the first time that you've been going through struggles. I'm willing to bet money on that one. It's not the first time. So with that being said, the same tool that you used to get through the storm that you've been through before, because this ain't the first storm. This ain't going to be the last storm. The same tools, the same survival kit that you used to get out that storm before or the storms prior, you use the same thing. And I, I'm going to go even deeper with that and say, God. And I can stop right, right, right there and just say, God. And I know sometimes it's it's hard to 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 trust God when you're going through situations, and sometimes you even blame God. Hey, I've been doing right and doing all I can, and 
why am I going through this? What did I do wrong? And you blame God. (laughs) But the same God that loved you enough, although he knew, because he's omnipotent, he's omnipotent, the same God that knew all the transgressions that you was going to do against him still created you. So with a God, knowing your faults, knowing you're going to turn your back on him, knowing you have spiritual adultery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the same God knowing all that still created you out of love, what makes you think he won't help you out this little bitty storm? And I say little bitty because God created everything. So this storm that you're going through, it ain't too big for God. And Mm -hmm. once you realize that, I guarantee you, everything will fall into place. If he loves you that much to create you despite who you are, despite what you were going to do to him, you think he don't have enough love for you to help you? and save you through the storm. And sometimes we have storms back to back to back because sometimes them storms, we didn't learn our lesson the first time from them storms. And maybe God is trying to tell you, hey, wake up. I'm trying to get you to learn something. You learn from this storm, then you won't have to go through this storm again. It'll be a different storm. So how do you get past that storm and it sounds all good and everything? One powerful Everlasting word, God. Brother, I got a story for you, man. Uh, <clears throat> I remember hearing this story years ago. Lady, old lady, lady's about 82 years old. She called up to the power company. She says, uh, you know, I know I haven't paid my bill, um, but, you know, Jesus is on the main line. And I, I'm serious. It's a real story. She says, Jesus is on the main line. And the lady said, well, I'm waiting for him to buzz in because if you don't have this payment in, uh, you know, by Friday, 5 o'clock, your power's going to be cut off. The lady started singing on the phone or whatever, and the lady, electric lady, you know, thinking she was crazy, pumped the phone on the lady. Another day go by, the old lady called back, says that uh, I don't have the money to pay, but I know Jesus is going to make the payment, what she told the people. And the lady, the same lady she got again, ladies, well, I don't got nothing to do with that, ma'am. I, I, I really don't, you know, unless Jesus makes that payment, you know, we take Visa card, MasterCard, very insensitive to this old lady. Unless he, unless he takes Visa, MasterCard, or American Express, or, or electronic check, we're not, we're, your power's going to be out. So the lady, she's kept on believing, kept on believing, kept on believing, and you know, she went to church and she was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And then she told someone what had happened to her on the phone uh, with this, this one particular lady. And, and the lady asked her in the church, this old lady was visiting the church, said, do you know the name of this woman? And the old lady said, yeah, I've, I've talked to her every time I call up there. She's the one to get on the phone. I swear to God, she's like the devil. But I rebuke her, I rebuke her, I rebuke her. They said, okay. Said, Miss Miss Evelyn, you know, tomorrow's Friday. Well, I want you to do, can you do me a favor? I need you to run an errand for me. Um, 
Because you come up to the church tomorrow at about 8 o'clock. So the lady said, yeah, of course. I'll come up there at 8, 8 o'clock, but i got to call these people. She said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll call, we'll call them after we run the errand. It's not going to take us that long to run this errand. So the old lady shows up to the church or whatever, and the lady has an envelope in her hand. They get in the car. They drive in to the electric place. Lady goes in there. Lady says, my name is Pastor Son, so I used to be a supervisor here. I'd like to speak to the to the manager. Manager came up and said, we would like to speak to Miss Evelyn. Evelyn came up. She says, I don't know who do you know who Jesus is, but just for your information, Jesus wrote her a check for $2,000 so she don't have to worry about her electricity bill for a long time. The lady looked at the old lady. The lady behind the counter looked, and she started crying. And she started crying because she herself had lost faith because she was going through something in her life and couldn't. she was so numb to everything because she had just lost her child. She was getting ready to lose her house. Lady just started crying and fell down to her knees. And the lady picked her up and she explained the story to her. And she said, Just like we've helped her, we will help you because the love of the Lord is great. I share a story with you to let you know that there are possibilities, but you have to have faith and you have to be willing to endure. Most people would call that old lady crazy, like lady on the phone said, well, I hope Jesus got a MasterCard or a Visa card. It may sound funny, but that lady believed that her bill was going to get paid, and it did. What was you about to say, my brother? No, I was just saying that's a, a very powerful story. Um, the only thing I would have to add to that would be, you know, we can add, again, back to the example that we gave earlier, about you can decide, you can decide to make up your mind to believe Jesus, but it still requires us to do something. Still requires us to do something. Have to put in some work. That's it. Faith without works is dead being alone. Beautiful story. And just like that, lady, when you're going through your storms, the universe has no choice when you're fulfilling your purpose and living your purpose to yield to you. One of the one of the biggest things Satan uses is deception. And you can think the storm is a lot worse than what it actually is. But you can't lose focus. You have to keep on pushing on. Grab the survival kit and keep on living your purpose. Do you hear me, Brandon? I hear you loud and clear, man. Are you sure you hear me? We're on the air, and I'm making sure that
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.